0: Let's welcome Dr. Shetler as he comes. Preach for us this morning. You know, the whole the whole problem with his knees started playing football. And uh, but you know, some of that pain when you were playing football kind of went away when the crowd was into Amen, it. You know, that's true. and so let's so today true. get into it yeah, so the God, pain goes away. This so forgets true. about it and preaches away. That is so true. Thank you. you may be seated. There is so much truth to what he just said, though. I mean it. When you're in it, man, you don't even feel it. You really don't. But I'm a little worried because I ain't got a leg to stand on today for the message. All right, take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 49. So I'm very honored for the opportunity to uh, be able to speak two days in a row in chapel. That just doesn't normally happen. And I really can say I've been in great prayer for this for the last month or so since I was asked. And uh, in my devotions, uh, I've been doing the life of Joseph for the last couple of weeks. Uh, For the last few months, I've been in Luke and I felt like I just needed a break from Luke. I've been doing a journal, a little commentary on Luke and putting it together. It's been really good, but I got to about chapter 19, Zacchaeus and everything. I just was done with Luke. And uh, so for the last two weeks, I've been studying the life of Joseph and thoroughly enjoyed it. And just a couple days ago, um, I'm I'm just really done now uh, with uh, the Joseph um, study I did. Um, But I came across this really cool passage. In Genesis 49, um, Joseph comes three times to Jacob's bedside. Uh, The first one, is uh, for Jacob to tell Joseph a few things that he wants done. I find that interesting. He goes to the youngest of the family because he knows Joseph is faithful. And Jacob tells Joseph some things that he wants done, definitely to be buried back in the promised land. Comes a second time to him, and he brings his two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. Um, Interesting, Jacob doesn't bless Manasseh the older. He blesses Ephraim. There's a lot of things in there. But he comes back a third time. And the third time that Joseph is standing at Jacob's bedside um, is the blessing. And uh, there's only two guys, two of those boys that get a blessing, Judah and uh, Joseph. And Joseph's blessing just really spoke to my heart. And uh, I thought, like, I, I said, Lord, I don't know how, but somehow I think this is the passage you want And just looking through it and everything, um, I've entitled the message today and tomorrow, A Fruitful, Faithful, Favored Furlough. And, uh, And by the way, I think furlough is a great word for laborers training for the harvest. You guys really, you don't go home on vacation. You go on furlough. Now, missionaries will tell you three reasons why you have furlough. One is to refresh. And you guys need to be refreshed. You do. Uh, Number two is to refocus. Missionaries come back and they kind of get their strategy of where they're headed. They get a chance to think about where they've been on the mission field and where they need to go uh, when they get back on the mission field. So they refresh, they refocus, and then they report. They come back and give a report of what uh, has happened. Uh, I cannot think of a better word for you college students over Christmas than a furlough. You guys need to refresh. You guys need to refocus. What is gonna be, what's the priorities for this coming semester? And you know what gang? Honestly, um, you need to report You need to give your youth group, you need to give your Christian school, you need to give your church, you need to give your family, you need to give your friends a report about what God has done. But I got to thinking about this. And the good missionaries, the good missionaries that come back in furlough have one other thing, and that is recruit. Good missionaries on furlough recruit people to come back to their mission field. And I want to encourage you to recruit people to Jesus Christ for salvation. And I want to encourage you to recruit people for West Coast as well. You guys are not going on a vacation. You guys are going on a furlough. And that furlough, you got to be refreshed, you got to refocus, you got to report and do some recruiting as well. So I thought that was a good word. But we look at the, fruit, the fruitful, the faithful, and the favored pretty easily in these five verses. So let's read Genesis 49. I'll start reading at verse 22. And let's look at this incredible time. Jacob is on his... Uh, Jacob's going to die here by, in just a few verses. And he comes to the end of his life. He gives a blessing. And I will tell you, he's pretty... I mean, he's pretty powerful with his boys on on some different things that he says about them. Uh, But he comes to Joseph, and let's look at verse 22, if you would look with me. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him, And hated him, but his bow abode in strength. And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God and thy father who shall help thee, and by the almighty El Shaddai, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb? The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors. Those are his, his, uh, his descendants, his, his children. And be above, now think about who he just said. Above Abraham, Isaac, and me, Joseph, you have been blessed. Unto the utmost, you have seen my favor, unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills, they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Today we're going to look at his fruitfulness. And I want you guys to be fruitful over this holiday break. I do not want this just to be a vacation for you. And that's our heart desire for all of us here, that this, this Christmas will be a very fruitful Christmas. But then tomorrow I want to talk to you about being faithful and being favored by God as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, if it's not a joke or if it's not just a little motto that we say here, If we actually mean that we are training laborers for the harvest, and Lord, I believe that is the truth of our faculty and staff. I believe, Father, that we are consumed with our purpose and the clarity of it. Well, if it is true that we are training laborers for the harvest, we look at this five-week break as a furlough. For these college students to be refreshed and oh, they need rest. And I pray that they get it. I pray that they'll be refreshed in, with their with family and, and friends and even the jobs that they have. I pray that they'll be refreshed. But Lord, may this time be also a time to refocus to really look at where they're headed with their life, what they need to do different this semester, this coming semester, than what they did this past semester or to continue with. May they refocus as they begin the beginning of the year with some new goals and just go, this is where I need to go. This is where I need to be headed. And Lord, I pray that they will give a report of what you have done in their life these last three months. Father, I pray that they will give a report of all of your blessings. And, Father, if it's okay, I'd like to add in the name of Jesus Christ that these students would do some recruiting, too, on their furlough. Not just for the college. Though, Father, I pray they'll bring someone back or they'll put an impact in the way that they live on someone that said, man, I want what you got at West Coast. But, Lord, I pray they'll also recruit souls to the kingdom of God. That, Father, they'll be soul winners that on this furlough, they got something to finish up. They got places to go. I also totally understand that there are many students graduating in in the next week. Father, they are not just going on a furlough. Father, they're going to their mission field. And all of the things that we say today and tomorrow, I think will apply very much to all of those that will be graduating. God, be with us now. Father, I pray that you'll take this passage of Scripture and anointed spiritually. For a man that lived so many, even millennials ago, has so much applicable appropriateness for where we live today. So Lord, I pray that this blessing that Jacob put on Joseph, we now, as a faculty, put this blessing upon the greatest student body in America. And God, we ask that these students will be fruitful, that they will be found faithful, and that you would bless them with your favor. We pray these things in the one name that can make it happen. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And God's children said, amen. The worst thing in the world. My boats fell down. That's a toughie. Let me, first of all, give you the show of his fruit. The show of his fruit. Notice what it says there in verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. How many of you students, whether maybe from Ohio or Michigan, have ever been to the Harvest Fest in the state of Michigan, outside Flushing. How many? Stand up if you would. I'd just be interested. In how many in your entire life you ever went to the Harvest Fest? It was one of the largest one ever. Dr. Getch has preached there before as well. Thank you. Maybe may be seated. Well, I did my first one this past year. And, and when I did, um, I had a rental car. And so I pulled in. You, you go down a road and it's like, where in the world is this going to be? And it's a farm. And uh, over on the other side of the trees is where they have this big open area where they do this every year. Thousands have actually been saved over the years. Uh, Thousands have made decisions uh, to serve the Lord. We had an incredible day that day. But where I parked is in an orchard when you first come in. And it was really interesting. I have to tell you, I grew up in Michigan. But without a doubt, these were the ugliest apple trees I have ever seen in my entire life. I went like, these are the ugliest things in the world. Matter of fact, I got a couple pictures of them. I I just said, I've never seen. Isn't that the, I mean, the ugliest tree you have ever seen in your life? And And this was a better looking one even, okay? I mean, they were terrible. But I want to tell you something. I walked up to that tree. I think I got another picture. I walked up to that tree. That tree was loaded with fruit. And I thought to myself, you know what? It really doesn't matter how bad you look, it's the fruit you produce. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Gang, let me tell you something. When it's all said and done, who cares what you are, what you can do, what you look like? You know what matters is fruit that remains. And I'm telling you, these trees were ugly. But these trees were loaded. Did you take one of the apples? Oh yeah, I stole one, you got it. You know I took one of those. I said, man, I gotta taste it. And they were delicious. Stolen water is sweet. Okay, but anyways. (laughs) But I had to take an apple. I just had to, and I couldn't find anyone to ask. But what was amazing, and this picture does not do service to it. These boughs were just loaded with apples. You know what? That's Joseph. Joseph was a fruitful bough. Now I'm going to tell you, college students, this is how you ought to come into this Christmas time. Lord, I want some fruit. I want some fruit from this holiday. Now some of you are going back to some tough family situation. I'm going to tell you about mine, what I went back to at Christmas time, way back when I was a freshman. But I'm going to tell you, these are important days for you. And these ought to be some of the most fruitful days. First of all, he showed his fruit. And I was thinking about this. So, it's, you know, it's that devotional time. So you just kind of allow the Holy Spirit to go wherever with your scripture you're reading. And I'm just sitting there thinking about the fruit of Joseph. And, you know, at first I thought, well, his brothers, you know, there's the fruit. And this is the fruit and different things. But then I started thinking about his life. And you know what? He showed the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, you stop and think about that. I wrote down the fruit of the Spirit, love. Wow, love to his father, unbelievable. Love to his little brother Ben, unbelievable. Love to his brethren, wow. He showed the fruit of love. Number two, joy. You know what? There is no way this guy raised and went up the ladder in Potiphar's house without joy. There is no way this guy is chosen to take care of the other prisoners without joy. It doesn't happen. Joy is that attractiveness that everyone looks for like, man, what do you got? What do you have? Now, now hold your place in here because we're definitely coming back. But would you take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 51 for just a moment? Because one of the things you've got to get, student, if you're going home, and you've got to get it if you're staying here. Matter of fact, even more so if you're staying here. You've got to get joy you got to have the fruit of the Spirit, and it's joy. And you got to have that in your life. If you're going to produce fruit in your life, you got to have the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. Look at Psalm 51. And I, I, we know verse 12. Have you ever looked and thought about the next verse? Restore unto me the, everyone together, joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Now look at verse 13. Then, when is that, Brother Shetler? Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with a free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Hey, when are you going to start being a soul winner? When you start showing the joy of the Lord. You can show the joy of the Lord at Terminal 7 at LAX. You can show the joy of the Lord whatever you're doing and wherever you are this Christmas vacation, wherever God leads you. And I will tell you, it will be your joy that will make you attractive. It will be the joy of the... That should be the fruit of the Spirit. I think Joseph displayed that. And I think the only way that you're going to be affected... By the way, if you're going back as a Grinch, if you're going back as a Grump, don't go back home. I'm telling you, you ain't go, you're ain't you not going to be good for nothing. You go back with joy. Chances are your church is going to be so excited to see you. Your church, your, your family, whatever. Now, you may not have the same room that you had before, but that's okay. But I am going to tell you, gang, you go back with the joy of the Lord as your strength. That's what will convert sinners. I think he showed peace. He brought peace to Pharaoh. He brought peace to Egypt. He brought peace to his family. Gang, Joseph brought peace to the world because of the way that he saved the grain for the seven good years. Long-suffering. Wow. Long-suffering in prison to those that he took care of. Long-suffering to his brothers who he never gave up on. Gentleness. How about the butler and the baker? He comes in. He's supposed to. He's a prisoner. And he's taking care of the prisoners. And he comes in one day and he says, hey, what's wrong with you guys? You guys look down. Hey, you look sad today. Where does that come from? You know what that comes from? Gentleness. He's sensitive. He's tender to other people's needs. It's not all about Joseph. Though it could have been, could it not have been in the prison like, man, why am I here? What is this? He's sensitive towards other gentleness. What about goodness? That's doing what's right. Man, as a son, He did what was right as a servant. He did what was right. And as a sovereign, as a leader, he did what was right. He showed the goodness. Faith. Maybe he had faith in prison. Those dreams carry him all the way through. And he has faith. Faith in prison, faith in the palace, and faith in his passing. He says, listen, guys, you're going back to that promised land. You're going to take my bones and you're going to bury it there. By the way, that's the blessed hope of the Jew for 400 years of bondage is Joseph's bones. His, in his passing, in, his pal, in the palace, and in prison, he showed faith. Meekness. Now, I think this is the key. I have studied the life of Joseph many times. I have preached through the life of Joseph. If you ask me the key moment in Joseph's life, I believe it's Genesis 41, verse 16, when he stands before Pharaoh and Pharaoh says to him, Pharaoh says, I understand you can interpret my dream. The response from Joseph is, I believe, the pivotal moment of that man's life. When he says to Pharaoh, No, sir, that's not correct. It is not in me. And when he humbles himself, by the way, he could have made a little deal. Well, maybe I can, maybe I can't. What do you got for me? He could have made a deal with Pharaoh, but he does not. He, at that moment, humbles himself and he says, sir, if anyone interprets this dream, it'll be God. It will not be me. And I think from that moment on, Joseph's life changes. Genesis 41, verse 16, meekness, that was Joseph. And temperance, wow, the control of his physical urges with Potiphar's wife to say, No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. You know what? This man showed fruit. You can see this guy's fruit in the love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance that was upon Joseph. Man, you see the fruit. You know, by the way, gang, Those people that have supported you, college students, man, they ought to see fruit. They ought to be able to go, man, what's happened in your life? What's going on in your life? i tell you what, I went to Bible college at 18. I was a punk. I had the worst summer of my entire life, the summer of 1975 before I go to college. Without a doubt, the farthest from the Lord, I was full of myself, full of pride. And you know what? God started to change me at Bible college. God started to do some things in my life. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I had a lot of problems in my life, a lot of things that I had to change in my life. But you know what? When I came home at Christmas that freshman year, people like, my mom like, wow, what's happening down there? What's going on with your life? You know what? They ought to see fruit in your life. They ought to see something that's happened in your life. The show of his fruit. Number two, the source of his fruit. Look at this. Joseph is a fruitful bow, and you can see it, man. You can see it in what he's done. You can see it in what he's reacted. Even a fruitful bow, and then look at everyone together, those next three words. Would you all say it with me? Buy a well. Would you all say that with me? Buy a well. Now, this is the source of his fruitfulness, and you got to get by that well in these next five weeks. Every day, got to go to that well. What was the source of Joseph's fruitfulness. I'll tell you what it was, college student. He got by the well. And every day he went down and he got that well of water in his life. He went over his dreams. He prayed to his God. He remembered the things that his great-grandfather Abraham had taught him. He remembered those things. And I got to tell you, college student, you're not going to have fruit this Christmas if you're not by the well. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about the well for a moment. First of all, without the well, there's no water. And without water, it means there's no life, there's no growth, and there's no fruit. If you do not have a source, if you do not have a well to draw from, college student, you will not live, you will not grow, and you will not produce fruit. But what are wells? Wells are kind of interesting. First of all, they're underground. You don't see a well. You see maybe the top of the well, but you don't see it. It's what's underneath. And college student, this semester, it's not about the show. By the way, I did have to tell you this. When they sang that song today, do you know what really, did you catch that line, when the playwright takes the stage? That was so cool. When the playwright takes, I love that statement. But let me share this with you, college student. It's what's behind backstage that's going to make the difference. What if you're not in the well You're going back to some difficult things in your church. Some of you are going back to situations in your home and family that are very difficult. You are the Joseph of your family. You may be the baby. I was the baby in my family. Let me tell you something. From the day I went to college, within 10 years... I'm the counselor of my family. I got a brother 15 years older than me. He was going through a divorce. My two sisters were struggling with things in their life. My mom and dad had gotten a divorce. And within 10 years, my mom, my dad, and my three siblings all looked to Jimmy as their counselor, as their spiritual guide, as the glue to the family. You know what, gang? I gotta tell you, you gotta draw from the well. You gotta get to the well. There's got to be something in you that your family goes, man, I needed you to come back. These five weeks that you were back home, we needed you in this home. You, you know why? Because you've been at the well and you've been drinking and you've got to keep staying at the well. It's the stuff that's underground. It's also very deep. You've got you to have some depth to you. And then I'll tell you the other thing about a well. It's a lot of work. You've got to bring that water up. You've got to get into the well. Some of you just read a little bit and you walk away from it. No. Spend time at the well. Bring the water up, drink from the well, and study it. Look into it. By the way, I wrote down a few things. Add some stuff to your well time. Maybe it's more time. You're gonna have more time. Spend some, maybe right now you're spending 20 minutes a day in your devotions. Man, do do more than that. Do 30 minutes, do 45 minutes, start defining words, keep a journal, look up a commentary, add to your well. Get a place, get a time, get a method. And I really, I'm really big on this today. In my my walk with the Lord the last few years, record what you're studying. Record what you're studying. Get a method, get a time, get a place. You gotta get by the well. He was a fruitful bough. He could show his fruit. You could see the fruit of Joseph, but I wanna tell you his source of his fruit. The source of his fruit was he was by a well. But then, and we close with this today. I want you to see the scope of his fruit. The scope of his fruit. Whose branches run over the wall. This is really good. So there is this vine that's producing fruit. But it's not staying within the walls. This vine grows up because it's got such a great source. This vine goes over... And now other people outside of the wall can come by and take the fruit of Joseph. Joseph didn't just spare his little family within his walls. Joseph ends up being used to be save the world in the food crisis. His bough grows over the wall so that everyone can come by and enjoy the fruit from this one. Now, I want you to see three things. First of all, if it's over the wall, it's out of your comfort zone. This is not inside the little wall of protection in the little garden and where everyone is. This is over the wall. This is out of your comfort zone. College student, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you this Christmas, step out of your comfort zone. Go back to your church and do something you've never done before in your church. Get involved with something you have never got. This is so out of my comfort zone. You now need to start becoming a bough, a fruited vine, over the wall. Start doing something. Go somewhere. Stretch yourself like you've never been stretched before. Yeah, get the rest. Get the rest. I'm all about that. But be a bow over the wall. College students. We did not train you to stay here and be within this little boundary and just have, we have our fruit, you eat my fruit and I'll eat your fruit and we'll be this little garden together. No, we've trained you to go over the wall. We've trained you and we've poured our lives into you so that you would be bows on the other side of the wall. Get out of your comfort zone and get out of your life, man. Some of you are so self-centered and it's all about you. Climb over the wall. I heard a quote this past summer, one of the youth pastors who was here for Joshua Camps. He said a statement, I just haven't been, it's just just like woo, that was really good. He said, he was a graduate from here, Damian. And he said this, he said, nothing that I've ever experienced great from God has happened without me stepping out of my comfort zone. He said, everything that has been good in my life that has occurred, has occurred when I stepped out of my comfort zone. By the way, guys, invite a young lady to the banquet, by the way. And for some of you, that may be out of your comfort zone. And girls, accept. That may be out of your comfort zone as well. You know what, we got nothing good will ever happen in life until you come out of your comfort zone, until you climb over your little wall that you've spent your little life in this Christmas. Get out of your comfort zone, go over the wall and be fruitful to somebody else. Number two, number two, it's beyond the normal. It's beyond the normal. Take initiative, do something. I, re- I remember. Um, So my mom and dad were divorced. My first Christmas back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, but my first Christmas back as a freshman was up in northern Michigan, and there was an event that occurred that, well, it was just life-changing for me. I'm going to tell you about that tomorrow. My second Christmas, mom moved from Traverse City down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, so my mom's living down in Florida now. So now I'm going to spend Christmas in Florida, which I thought like, wow, man, I got to have snow and whatever, you know. But anyways, we went down to Fort Lauderdale, and she bought a condo. Well, in her condo area, I got a job being a security officer there walking around the, the, the condo thing. And, and so I kind of had my days off. And they had like a, a fitness center. So, you know, college guy and everything over the, over the you know, going to get all, you know, buffed and everything like that. Yeah, right. But anyways, I'm going to work out. And uh, so I went, and they had a sauna. So I'm in the, uh, and you know what, when I went back, uh, this was, I'm a sophomore now, so I'm halfway through my sophomore year, and I'm on fire for the Lord, and God's doing things in my life, I want to be a witness, I want my Christmas vacation to count and everything like that, so I'm looking for someone to witness, well, you got to come out of yourself, you got to, it's not the norm, you, you got to take initiative, so, uh, so I, I worked out and I went into the sauna. And, um, and I'm in there all by myself. And I'm, I'm going through my Bible verses and everything, you know, like that. And I'm sitting in the sauna. And um, a guy comes in. And as soon as he comes in, he says, wow, it's as hot as hell in here. And I sat there. And I said, mm, no, it's not. <laughs> say it, Jim. Say it. Mm. You know, I don't think it is as hot as hell in here he looked at me like, what? I think hell's gonna be a a lot hotter. And he goes, who are you? (laughs) I'm the devil. (laughs) And I said, "Uh, I'm Jim, I'm staying with my mom. Um, And you know, we got to talk, we start talking. End of the week, I lead him to the Lord. He come back every day and we got to start talking. But you know what? We started. I'll never forget, I'm sitting in that sauna, he comes in, it's as hot as, you know, in here. And I I said, no, I don't think it is. (laughs) And I got a chance to lead him to the Lord. Can I tell you this? You got to come out of your comfort zone. You got to do something without the norm. I remember one time, we took our family on a Christmas uh, uh, vacation to go skiing at Keystone in Colorado. We loved it. Man, just beautiful ski time. And we were, we were finishing up our day and our week. And um, uh, we had one more day the next day, but we weren't gonna go skiing. So we were handing all our stuff back in. And it was the end of the day. And they have night skiing at Keystone, but, and we had done it the other nights, but we were just so tired. We were like done with that. So we we're putting our skis up and we were, we we're putting it in and everything. And these two guys come in, and they are just sharp as a tack, and I mean, and you can just tell they're just rich guys, you know, and just the, everything that they had on and everything, and and so they come up, and I wasn't really paying attention to it. Ben and I are the last two in the thing, and we're we're unstrapping our boots and we're taking our stuff off, and it kind of an argument takes place up at the counter, and you know what, you know, you they're not paying too much attention, but you, you start listening into the argument, and and the and the and the two guys. Um, are just real. Come to find out these guys are lawyers, but I didn't know that one. But, But I'm going like, boy, they're giving some good arguments right now. Seriously, they were. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to try out their ski equipment before the next day. Okay, so they said, you know, we want to make sure that this is the right length, the, the right way. We want, we want to check out our ski equipment. And the guy says, hey, you can't do it unless you get a lift ticket. You got to have a lift ticket to, to do that. I can't, you're, not, you're going to get out there, they're going to put the beeper thing on you, and you're not going to be able to go on because you don't have a lift ticket. And he said, man, all we want to do is just go down the thing. We just want to check the skis and everything like that. And Ben and I look at each other, and I look at my jacket, and I got the little ski tag on there. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a chance to witness to these guys. So we, I go over and I said, hey, um, what if, and I looked at the guy across the counter, I said, what if the guys were to take my son's jacket and my jacket and wear them and then they could use my ticket? Well, first of all, the two guys looked at me like, you're going to give us your coat? You don't even know who we are, you know? But, and then the guy on the counter says, like, you're going to give them the coat? And then they put the coat I said, yeah, then they can use our ticket to go on up the thing. He says, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. You guys okay with that? The guys go, you're going to give us your coat. I said, yeah, take the coat. Well, they, they, so, so they put on our ski coat. We tell them we're going we're gonna to meet them by the, ski rink, the, the ice skating rink in, in Keystone afterwards. And they said, hey, we're going to buy you a drink, man. We're going to get you a drink. And I said, no, 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 but I would like to talk to you, okay? And he said, give, We'll give you your our numbers. I said, hey, listen, I don't have a cell phone. I ain't got a number. I, don't worry about it. I believe you'll be there. You, you're going to give us your, I said, yeah, don't worry about it. So they, so, they get, so they take our coats. We meet them at the rendezvous place about two hours later. And Ben and I come in there. And they said, man, I want to buy you a drink. I said, no, nah, listen, I don't drink. But listen, there is something I want to talk to you about. Who, who are you guys, first of all? And they said, well, we're two lawyers from Detroit. And, uh, and they just looked this way. And I said, are you guys Jewish? And they said, yeah, we're both Jewish. And I said, hey, can I, has anyone ever told you about your Yeshua HaMashiach? And they said, what? And I said, well, let me share with you about Jesus. Ben and I sat with those two Jewish lawyers for an hour and a half and told them all about the Messiah. Now, I got to tell you, they did not get saved. But I will tell you this. The thing that did that was we stepped out of our comfort zone. Hey, you know what? Take my jacket. Take my jacket. Listen, gang, there are going to be times that you can be fruitful all during the Christmas break. There are going to be opportunities. Now, some of you right now are thinking about a friend, or you're thinking about a family member, and even those have to be learned from this as well. You've got to learn the time to, uh, to come into them. You've got to be willing to be that fruit over the bow, and you've got to be willing to say this is an opportunity. You've got to have that soul consciousness with you. One day uh, when, uh, when Luke and I were, were in, we were living in Pensacola, we came up to the stop sign, and there's no hills in Pensacola. There's one, well, actually, there's one hill in the entire city of Pensacola. It's at the corner of Davis Highway and Airport Boulevard. And there's like this one hill, and it's not very much of a hill. It's about as high as this building, is how high the hill is. And uh, we're sitting on the one side of the traffic light, and this is like one of the busiest intersections in all the city. And we're sitting on the one side, and we're the front, we're the front car to go through. And this pickup truck pulls up to the light the other way. Well, they just came from Lowe's. And in the back of his truck, he's got a stack of plywood, four by eight plywood sheets. I don't know. How, well, like, a, a lot. He's got like fifteen to twenty sheets. I'm going to tell you why. I know that in a minute. And so he's parked there at that light. The light changes, and as the light changes, I'm starting to go through. And as I go through, I look over at that pickup truck, and like a deck of cards, every one of those sheets of plywood fall out of the back of the of his pick because he's up this hill. And when he, when he accelerated, it's just and all these things. Well, people are blowing their horns and everything. I said, Luke, Luke, we got to help. Him. We got to help. Him. We pull off. I got a coat and tie on. Luke is a teenage kid at that point. We both get out, and this guy, we're, we're, I say, hey, let me help you. Help. People are yelling, screaming. They're cussing at us. I said, hey, park the car and come on, help us, you know? And then they're cussing at us. And we're picking up the, the, the sheets. The, and it probably takes 10, 15 minutes to get all those sheets back in the thing. He pulls off. He comes up to me. He pulls out his. His wallet. And he says, man, what can I give you? I said, no, 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 no. Listen, I got something I want to give you. He says, no, what can I give you? I said, no, no. He says, I got to give you some." Okay, $50. No. no. No, I said, no, no, but I got something for you. And I went in and I got a DVD. It's called Somewhere Forever. It's a DVD I made some years ago. It's a gospel presentation. And I said, hey, listen. Both my son and I, were Christians, and we didn't do that for any kind of gift. We did that because we want to tell you about Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, that guy took that video. I've handed out thousands, I know hundreds of those videos. He took that DVD, and he clutched it, and we're, sta- we're standing right alongside the highway. He clutched that thing to his heart, and he said, I'll oh, watch it. I'll watch it. I thought to myself, I've never had anyone take a track like that before. I've never had anyone like, oh, oh, yes, thank you. You know why I did that? Because you get out of your comfort zone. You do something. You step out. You go the second mile. And i want to tell you, you got family members that when you get home, you gotta go out the second mile. You gotta step out of your comfort zone. The bow went over the wall, guys. Go over the wall this, this Christmas. Do things that you would never have done before because that's what you were trained for. You were here at this college. And by the way, if you're graduating, man, you better be a bow on the other side of the wall. Don't just stay in your little, your little comfort zone all your life. Go home this Christmas. We have trained you. You are prepared. You've had apologetics with Toby England, okay? You're ready to defend anything in the world. Get out there, guys, and be a fruitful bough. You get by the well, and you get by that well every day. And every day you have your devotions and you draw up some good water, and you let that water get into you. And every day you stand by that well, and every day you get out there and get over the wall and come out of your comfort zone and make this the most fruitful Christmas you have ever had in your entire life. Would to God... We'd all get back in January and we would talk about the fruit that remains from our Christmas break that all of us, would, would, would look. I am trying to figure out. My surgeon's an interesting guy. I like this guy. But boy, I prayed with him the other day. It's like, yeah, do your little Christian thing. Okay, I'll bow my head. And, you know, I mean, like the guy could care less right now, but I'm figuring, I'm trying to figure out how can we get him? How can, and by the way, that's what you got to do with your family. Some of you got a sibling that's away from God. Some of you got a family member that's not living right. Go back and be a fruitful bough. Go back and climb over the branches and climb over the wall and get your fruit that you've gotten here and get get it to those people back home and they need you. I've often thought that the key to revival at West Coast would be that we would all be these little sparks that we'd all be these little sparks that would go out from here and we'd go back to Pennsylvania and back to Michigan and back to Florida and Tennessee and Texas and we'd go up to Washington and Oregon and we would all be these little sparks that would start fires. Listen, go back to be fruitful for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is furlough, it's not vacation. So refresh, refocus, you know what, report. I want you to report, report what God has done in your life and then recruit and be that fruitful bow. Boy, Jacob said, Joseph, you have been the key to our family. We are living today because of you, Joseph. You may be the youngest in your family. Your family needs you. Now you say, Dr. Scheller, I'm staying here for Christmas so none of this applies. no. You come out of your comfort zone while you're here. And you make this the most fruitful Christmas you have ever had. And you know what? If nothing else, college student that stays here, you get to that well every day. And you draw water from that well. That years down the road, you will say, what I learned in my devotions, the Christmas of 2019, that Christmas break of 2019, I drew water that I'm still living off of and I have been able to bless others because of what God did in that Christmas break. This is not a vacation. This is a furlough. So laborers, go out there and produce fruit. Father, I thank you for this student body, and they need to get a hold of being a fruitful bow. Lord, I know that they got families. I know that they got relatives. I know they got things, but I pray they'd make a decision today. Dear God, this is gonna be the most fruitful Christmas of my life. I'm 19, I'm 20, I'm 21. This is going to be the greatest Christmas for Jesus Christ I've ever had. Father, I'm committing right now, I'm going to be to the well every day. I'm saying, God, I'm getting water from that well every day. I'm going to have a place. I'm going to have a time. I'm going to, Lord, I am getting in, into that word, and I'm going to be at the well every day. God, I want to be a fruitful bow. Lord, I'm praying for some people right now, some family members. Some people that I know, a a, a rebellious friend of mine that's gotten far away. Father, I don't know what they're praying for right now. But Lord, may they also pray for the people they haven't even ever met yet. The opportunities that they may have. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that this will be a fruitful Christmas for the West Coast Baptist College student body. May we get out of our comfort zone May we be a bow on the other side. I don't care what we look like. We just want to produce fruit. Father, I don't care what kind of, I that apple tree meant so much to me. God, I don't look like much. I can't do much. But God, I want to produce fruit like that apple tree did. And Lord, I pray that for this student body, that they would be boughs full of fruit this Christmas, and it won't be about them. We pray this in Jesus' name.